You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. may be seated. Normally, I'm very uh, time-minded. Some people say I shouldn't be, but... um, no, that ain't always right. Uh, if it's the Lord moving, then it's his time, right? I don't want to just go through a routine. So I don't mind staying all day if it's the Lord moving. But if it's not the Lord, let's go eat after a while, right? Amen. And uh, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. The Baptist is going to beat us to Chinese garden or whatever it is called. Anyway, uh, it's very difficult to discern whether to preach when the Lord is moving. Um, but I, I left that in his ball court. And so uh, I believe he's leading me to share this word and, and we won't be all day. The title of the message is Angelic Assistance. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is not weird. Look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, pastors of a sound mind. Where's Bruce? (laughs) Uh, A lot of people, when you get to talking about angels, uh, they'll just automatically check out and say, you know, this is weird. Uh, It's not weird. And I trust that today with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll be able to bring this message that will help you when you leave here today. As God's uh, sons and daughters, uh, we are actually spirit beings. And I said as God's sons and daughters, that is those of us that have acknowledged our sins before a holy God and humbled ourselves and prayed and asked God to forgive us of our sins uh, We are sons and daughters of God. Can someone say amen? So therefore, uh, I would encourage us to learn to focus on uh, the spirit realm. And how do we do that? We do that by setting our attention on what is eternal instead of what is temporal. I want to say that again. If we will get focused on what is eternal Uh, instead of the things that are temporal. And I can find uh, in my life, uh, at this season in my life, first of all, I was sitting there and the the video announcements came on and and I began to speak and I looked up and I I whispered to my wife, I said, man, I'm really getting old. And she said, yes, but you're my old man. (laughs) Praise God, huh? And, uh, but in this season in my life, uh, I, I, I catch myself looking at the eternal things more than I do the temporal. In my 20s, I wanted to own everything. I mean, I wanted to do everything. Still got a lot of that in me. I still, you know, the boy never dies, you know, but the, the boy needs to grow up and be a man occasionally. Oh, some of you ladies ought to look at your husband and say, you need to grow up. Uh, so we, we set our attention on what is eternal instead of what is temporal. 
Uh, I know we stood for a long time, but if you're able, uh, out of reverence for the word, uh, would you stand as we read, as Paul is writing to the church of Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, 17, and 18, but he's writing to all of us sons and daughters of God, to every believer. So uh, let's listen to what he says in verse 16, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed uh, day by day. Now, just stay there with me. Uh, it would be easy uh, on this journey of life uh, in our struggles uh, to lose heart and to quit. But rather than quitting when persecution wore Paul down, Paul concentrated on the inner strength that came from the Holy Spirit. So now let's move on to verse 17. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Our troubles is, is what our light afflictions are, and they should not diminish our faith. So in verse 18, uh, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Life here on earth uh, is not all that there is. Do you hear me? I'll say it again. Life here on earth is not all that there is. There is life after death. We were standing over here earlier, me and Robert Kramer, and I don't know how we got to talking, and I said, I've got more days behind me than I do ahead of me, and, and I was speaking about in ministry, uh, but with, to be absolutely absent from the body is to be present with the Lord so the days that are behind me are minimal compared to the days of eternal that I have in front of me. Somebody give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Father, we bless you today and we honor you, God, and we thank you for your word because it is your word uh, that is life-changing, God. And I pray that everyone in the house today would have a desire uh, to get a word from you, God, uh, that would change our lives. Uh, speak to us today, God. Lead God and direct us in Jesus' name and amen. And you may be seated. Give God one more hand clap of praise. Can you do that? Woo! If we can see it, if we can touch it, if we can taste it, if we can smell it, then it's temporal. Do you hear me? If we keep our eyes on something that is temporal, then our affliction will be heavy and long. If you're going through a difficult time, you need to choose not to keep your eyes on the painful circumstance that you're in, but turn your eyes as we sang toward the Lord Jesus, amen? If you'll keep your eyes on the prize, an athlete, when he's running, it can become painful, but if he gets weary and quits, what does he gain? But he keeps his eye on the finish line. Paul tells us how to direct our focus so that we can come through situations quickly and not only quickly, but unscathed. Romans chapter four, verse 13 for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, 
but through the righteousness of faith. And I've never seen this. I'll just be honest. I didn't see this last part. Abraham inherited the earth and overcame his difficulties, not by a long list of rules, but by his faith. By his faith. Now, I don't want to throw rocks at anyone, but... There's no particular denomination that you gotta go to. That is man-made rule. You gotta go to the throne of God. Do you hear me? You don't have to wear your hair in a certain way. That is a man's rule. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Uh, and Abraham inherited everything that the earth had because of his faith in God. Uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He hadn't seen the things that God had promised him, but he had the faith to believe. There is things in your life that you have not seen that God has already given to you. It is your inheritance and you gotta speak it and you gotta believe it. So the things in the earth don't belong to the devil, they belong to us. And it's about high time we get into the enemy's camp and take back some things that the enemy has taken away from us. Somebody ought to give God a hand clap and a crazy shout of praise. I'm not getting back up, you hear me? We are able to be more than conquerors just like our spiritual father, Abraham. And he met all the challenges of his life by having faith in God and having faith in God's promises. Do you have faith in God and do you have faith in the word of God that is your promise uh, that will bring you out of Egypt and take you into the promised land? The temporal circumstances he faced, he just knew that was temporal and that his God said, whatever his God said, his God would do. And as a result, God delivered him again and again and again and again out of impossible situations. So maybe you're here today in an impossible situation, but God can bring you out of that. And God is a way maker. Now, there's something else that I, wanna, I want you to maybe wrap your, uh, your mind around. Sent to the impossible. Sent. Most times we end up in a bad situation, a difficult situation, and we say, well, the devil... Well, the devil, the Lord will send us into impossible situations. Do you hear me? In order to access our inheritance, we will have to face some situations that are impossible for us on our own. On our own. This is what he told the Israelites before they entered into Canaan the land of promise, it was their promise. You and I have a land of promise, not just heaven, but here on earth. There's gonna be some impossible situations, some giants in our land that we can't deal with on our own, but we're gonna learn something, right? In Deuteronomy 7 and 1, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, listen, who took them into this dangerous land? When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, then he says the Hittites, oh, I said I wasn't getting up, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, then he says seven nations greater and mightier than thou. The devil didn't send them in there. 
He said, when the Lord thy God shall bring thee sent into the impossible. When we face these impossible situations, we cannot neglect the ministry of angels because they provide the help that we need. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's not weird. Some people say, well, you know, when so-and-so passed away, well, they're just one of God's angels. No, that's not the word of God. Angels, according to the Bible, are spiritual beings created by God to serve God's purpose. Do you hear me? The word angel in the Greek means message, messenger. The angels also praise. The angels also worship. But the angels also provide protection. My goodness. In Psalms 91, 11 and 12, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. I'll just stop there in verse 11. We can't see the angels, but I'm telling you, God's word's telling us that they are real. God prepared the Israelites for Canaan with the knowledge that his power would deliver them. Is that not what he said? He said, I'm gonna send you in there, but listen to me, I'm gonna take care of you. God prepared the Israelites for Canaan with the knowledge, and the Bible said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The the agents uh, of that power in the spirit realm, and there is a spirit realm, is his angels. In verse one, God said, the enemy would be greater and mightier than them. That's what he said. I read it to you. In verse two, he says that his people will smite them. Figure that out. I'm sending you in to a nation, to to your promise, and there's seven people in there, seven tribes, seven nations that is stronger and mightier than you, but guess what? You're gonna smite them. So how does that happen? We're going to meet, listen, along this journey in life, we are going to meet some giants that are bigger and stronger than us, but God will empower us to utterly destroy and send his angels to help us. Do you hear, have you ever been, oh my, have you ever been in a situation Have you ever been in a situation where it just looked impossible, there was no way, but now standing on this side of it, you can look back and say, without question, my God sent some angels that showed up and delivered me. Oh my goodness gracious. Woo! You see, there's two reports. There's two reports. There's the report of the flesh, and then there's the report of the spirit. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 through 29, we read about 12 spies uh, coming back from scouting out the land of Canaan, the the, the promise. Uh, We see a negative report from 10 spies. Uh, 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 Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Don't pay attention to the majority. No, no, you don't want to do that. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 through 29. And they told him and they said, we came into the land whither thou sent us and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong. Nevertheless, went downhill. Nevertheless, God, the people be strong. I want to stop there a second. Are they stronger than you, God? 
God, you're the one that sent us in there. God, you're the one that we bow to. God, are they stronger? You're our creator. What is stronger on the planet than God Almighty? Nothing. It says, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities there are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there and the Amalekites uh, dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites uh, dwell in the mountains and Canaanites are down by the sea uh, and by the coast of Jordan. We're, we're surrounded, we're trapped. You ever feel like you were surrounded and feel like you was trapped? In verse 30, we hear a good report from one of the spies. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and he said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome. And then in verse 31, the 10 spies immediately interjected their fears. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against these people for they are stronger than we. Two reports, right? Two, the report of the flesh and the report of the spirit. Unfortunately, Israel chose to believe the evil report of the 10 spies and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years as a result. How long are you gonna wander? When are you gonna believe the report of the Lord that he's got an inheritance here on earth for us? He's got a better way. He's got a better land. But no, you'd rather be bullheaded and stubborn and live in your wilderness. 40 years they wandered. How long you gonna wander? Life is short. You don't know how much time you've got. 40 years. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, watch your mouth. We read God's word to Moses preparing him for what, we, what would come in the Israelites' journey. And I wanna read this to you out of Exodus chapter 23, begin verse 20. Behold, now listen to this. It's not weird. I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. How, how are they going to get through there? How are they going to do this? Behold, I send an angel before thee. How are you going to get through your circumstance? God says, behold, I send an angel. I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. Watch your mouth, watch your mouth. For my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thy enemies and an adversary unto thy adversary. You ain't gotta fight your battles. For mine angel shall go before thee and bring thee in unto the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pezzarites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now listen, and I will cut them off. Notice he said, provoke him not. In other words, don't speak foolishness and make your angel mad. Don't speak foolishness. What are you speaking? Oftentimes we speak foolishness. I'll never get better. My son will never be delivered. I'll never get a better job. Nobody in my household has ever been to college. You're not going either. Watch what you say. Watch your mouth. Do you hear me? 
Got awful quiet in here. I think we got some mouth disease. When those 10 spies came back and said, we cannot take those giants, they are stronger. They were speaking an evil report because it was against God's plan for their lives. Jeremiah 29 and 11, God has a plan for us. God has a plan. Watch your mouth because you'll make your angel mad and your life will go south. The words of unbelief, the words of unbelief provoke the angel of the Lord and cause them to forfeit their inheritance. What have you already forfeited? And I got to thinking about this. There has been things in my life, I am sure, that I have forfeited because I've allowed other people's uh, comments uh, to keep me from going into the land of the inheritance that God has for me. But then on the flip side of that, there's been other things uh, where God spoke to me uh, and called me to open Jewel City Church. Uh, and when I got up that night and made that announcement, uh, there was angels uh, encamped around me because it was an possible situation. Uh, if you look at Mosby Cove uh, and God give me a vision and spoke, I couldn't do it on my own, but I can look back now and say, God uh, surrounded me with angels uh, sent from heaven, dispatched from glory and give me the discernment and the knowledge and the leadership to do what has been done. And today I stand and tell you that he is worthy of it all. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. When we enter into impossible situations, we can't listen to the professionals. I remember standing out there about 19 and it was a jungle. Nothing was in here and I had a chainsaw and a weed eater and, and Bill Lambert was with me and my brother pulled in and he said, have you lost your mind? I said, what are you talking about? He said, my dad, our dad, just told me what you're gonna do up here. Have you lost your mind? He said, haven't you heard of Alan Greenspan? I didn't know who Alan Greenspan was, some financial genius, I guess. He said, we're in a recession. We're in a recession. You can't do this. I said, I ain't heard of Alan Greenspan, but by the way, have you heard of Jehovah Jireh? That's what I told my brother standing right out there by the highway. God is God of not enough. God is a God of more than enough. We got an inheritance. We got to watch our mouth. We got to start speaking things that we cannot see into existence. That's why God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to give us life, but to give us some life while we're here. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Woo! Oh! Come on, is that all you got? Is that all you got? Has God blessed anybody in the house? Has God brought anybody out of a circumstance, out of the situation? Go ahead and sit there in your dry valley. Ask for me and my house. I'm gonna serve and praise the Lord. Oh, woo! Stand, not me, sit down, sit down. Stand on what God says. I'm watching a movie the other night. The Sound of Freedom, I think's the name of it. it gripped my heart. I come home, I couldn't sleep. 
I didn't sleep until last night. I keep seeing that little girl and that little, her little brother's face. And then I, I stand in our clothing giveaway yesterday and I watch all these kids come in there and they may not be in sex slavery somewhere, but some in our own communities are trapped in bondage in their own home. Stand on God's promises. So I'm watching this movie and, and this one man in the movie, and it was a true story and he had already went to prison for, for uh, taking children and put them in sex slavery and, and he'd gotten out of prison and his life had turned around somewhat. Uh, I, I'm not saying he was serving the Lord, uh, but it was turned around to where now he was getting these children and setting them free. And, and the one man said, you know, what changed? Uh, what changed? What, what turned you around? He said, when God speaks to you, don't hesitate. Do you hear me? And that resonated in my spirit. And I know that tonight God's called me to preach and to open a church. I didn't hesitate. I didn't care who knew it. We put an article in the newspaper that we were going to open up a church and 500 plus people would come and, and, and put it out there in the newspaper and everybody laughed. But let me tell you, God wasn't laughing when God says something. Don't hesitate. It may not look good. It may not look right when you your doctor says you're going to die and God says you're going to live, you believe the report of your doctor. When your finance manager says uh, that you're going under and God tells you, like he told us, Rusty, give every dime that we had left. Keep $50 in the checkbook. This was 25 years ago. Give it to the Clarksburg Mission. That's what God said. The financial people said, no, don't do that. That's not wisdom. God said do it. When God tells you to do something, don't hesitate a tape. Somebody give God a hand clap. Oh man. Ah, you hesitate. You miss, you miss, you miss, you miss. When those 10 spies came back, man, they give a negative report and messed everybody up. Now, you need to hear what I'm going to tell you. If we can believe the Bible, if we can believe the Bible and get our mouth right at the same time, if we can believe the Bible and get our mouth right at the same time, then we'll get our lives right. If we can believe God's word, then get our mouth right and speak it, then we'll get our life right. But you gotta speak. In Psalms chapter 105, verse 43, bear with me. I'm gonna wind her down about 3.30 this afternoon. In Psalms chapter 105, verse 43, and he brought forth his people with joy <laughs> and he's chosen with gladness and gave them the lands of the heathen and they inherited the labor of the people. We gotta speak. What's coming out of your mouth? My better days are ahead of me. Jewel City Church's better days are ahead of us. My three children, every day is gonna get better. I'm speaking it, do you hear me? I'm telling you. Whoo, man, I got all wooly boogered yesterday. <laughs> My wife said she told somebody I love him more now than I did 25 years ago. I kind of perked right up, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking, you didn't think I was paying attention, did you? Huh? I said, huh, this is getting good. <laughs> Stand with me. All right, some of you started sweating right there. <laughs> Stay focused. I don't want you to miss it. You gotta speak. 
When Jesus came into the room where Jairus' daughter, the Bible said she lay dead. And Jesus said, she ain't dead, she's asleep. He was arranging the supernatural. The supernatural has come. You've got to speak it. He was getting the supernatural to move on his behalf. We've got to speak. And I talk to people, I'll tell you, sometimes instead of laying hands on them, anoint them, I want to punch them. I'm like, that was an example this morning. Somebody said something, somebody I love dearly, you're, you're here, you're listening. And they said something kind of negative. I said, what preacher have you been listening to all your life? And she smiled and said, you're right, you're right. Listen to me. We got to speak. God moves on our conversation. Don't miss that. If you're taking notes, you ought to write that down. God moves on our conversation. He moves on our faith, but we got to have the faith to speak it. God will move on our conversation. Angels are assigned to bring us into the impossible and take us through circumstances that we couldn't get through on our own. But they're waiting on the voice of faith. You need to hear that. In Psalms 103 and 20, bless the Lord, yea, his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, listen, listen, hearkening unto the voice of his word. We are that voice. We are the voice of the Lord. You hear me? In 2 Kings, I, I, I want to try to be quick here. Chapter six, we find Elisha surrounded by the Syrian army. Surrounded, no way out. It's just a bad situation. In verse 15 says, and when the servant of Elisha, the man of God, was risen early and going forth, behold, he said, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, my master, how shall we do? Master, we are surrounded. We're in a terrible situation, in a terrible circumstance. How are we going to get out? Elisha's servant panicked. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, quit panicking. Because he thought there was no escape. Hebrews 2 and 3 says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now listen, if we neglect the provisions of our salvation. So many people think salvation just means saved and then you're on your way to heaven. How are we going to escape these circumstances if we neglect our salvation, which is the provisions that come along, the inheritance that is in our salvation, including the ministry of angels. Verse 16 shows us Elisha's response. He said, fear not, for they that be with us, oh man, I could just have a spell right here. For those that be with us are more than they that be with them. Fear will paralyze our movement forward. Fear will paralyze our movement, our movement forward and will stand still. And it will stop our angels and keep us from our deliverance. In 2 Kings chapter 6, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, man, when I read this like four or five times in my office and, and God just began showing me a couple of things here. And Elisha prayed and he said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes, his servant. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots afar, afar, far, fire. 
fire. Gonna, gonna get me a fire started. Chariots of fire round about Elisha. Angels surrounded the Syrian army and blinded them, listen, according to Elisha's word. God didn't send one angel for Elisha. Huh? No, he sent thousands of them. Hebrews 12 and 22 said, an innumerable company of angels and the Lord will send angels to bring us through the situation. Now listen. I'm laying in a bed in Morgantown. I've had five strokes and, and, and I've got a, a blood clot right here that's in a stent that they had just put in and it was 90% and they couldn't touch it and they put me on three blood thinners and they said you could just bleed out before we even know anything, have a brain blade and, and I'm laying there and I'm feeling sorry for myself and I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. But there was angels encamped around me. And them angels was guiding me and protecting me. And then I had a, a wife, I, I look at her as an angel. Uh, she's my angel, don't, don't you be looking at her like, like she's your angel, she's my angel. And, and, and she could see, see, she, could, she started speaking positive into me and her words that was coming out of her mouth got onto me and it opened up my eyes that I could see. You better watch your mouth, but you better watch who you're hanging around. You don't need somebody that's going to help you get high. You need somebody going to help you get low on your knees and call upon the king of kings that will lift you out of that valley. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Angelic assistance. My mom could see. My mom could see what I was into even though she wasn't there because she was on her knees. Because she could see and speak life over me. Now I can see and speak life over my children. How long? Will you take another lap in the wilderness? How long does it have to go before you realize that God's way is the only way to have life? Huh? Joy. Joy. I ain't hanging around nobody. Nobody that can't see. Listen to me, man. There's angels, but you gotta speak. Huh? You gotta speak it. My goodness. I gotta tell this. You laugh, I gotta tell you. I've told you before. I was standing at the front door of the old church, standing there with my cousin, and, and uh, Leanne walked in. You know, I'd been through a difficult time, and uh, my heart had been broken. I just looked at her and uh, the Lord told me that's going to be my wife. Not only did the Lord tell me that, my cousin standing beside me, he went, hey. And I said, yeah. He said, uh, 
you're going to marry that girl, ain't you? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I'm going, no, trust me, she didn't know it. <laughs> I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is God, when he speaks to you, don't hesitate. Because there was a lot of people didn't like it, you know, didn't like it. We just celebrated 25 years. Huh? Ain't that right? I knew in my heart. So when God speaks to you, don't hesitate. Amen. Trust Him. Every head bowed and every eye closed. What if I'd have hesitated on the church, on my marriage? You know, what if I'd have been more concerned about pleasing some of the naysayers, the the ten with a negative report? <laughs> if God's speaking to you. Don't hesitate. Just like this morning, if God's speaking to you to come to this altar, don't even wait another, don't, don't wait another minute. Just don't hesitate. If God's calling you out of the wilderness of bitterness, don't hesitate. If God's calling you out of a, a financial mess of credit cards and, 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 and just, a, just a nightmare, don't hesitate. Come and say, God, I need your help. I, I need surrounded by angels. I need guidance. If God's calling you out of the desert, out of the wilderness of addiction, whatever it may be, pornography, alcohol, drugs, uh, I could go on and on and on all day long. Just don't wait. Just come to him. Just, just don't hesitate. Would you come now? Anybody in the house, just come. Just come to this altar and kneel down and pray. Just come. Just come, that's right, come. Don't hesitate. If God's calling you, don't worry about lunch. Don't worry about somebody sitting beside of you. Ask them to excuse you and just come. It takes that, that spirit uh, of uh, just tenacity to be able to move and say, I'm going, I gotta go. I gotta take back what the enemy has taken from me. And all over this auditorium, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, uh, is heaven your home? Uh, do you have your reservation? Have you, has your name been written? down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You say, how does that happen? You humble yourself uh, before a righteous, uh, before a holy God, a merciful God, and you confess your sins, uh, and you call upon the name above the, every other name, Jesus, and you ask Him to forgive you right where you're at. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to come to you, but if today you would like to give your life to Christ, uh, make your reservation in heaven, you'd like for your life to change, uh, and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Slip your hand up real high, real quick all over this auditorium. Somebody, anybody, uh, is there one right there? I see your hand. Man, someone come and pray. Uh, come and pray. Come and pray. Somebody else. Uh, somebody else. Uh, I see your hand. Uh, I see your hand, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody else. Uh, today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Somebody else. Somebody else. Somebody else. I see your hand there in the back. Let's not, let's not be in a hurry. Let's not be in a hurry. Somebody else, uh, if the Spirit of God is tugging at your heart, let him in. Would you do that? Would you let him in? Somebody else. Somebody else. Pastor Rita, come and pray with this lady. Come and pray. She's here at the altar. She's raised her hand for salvation. Somebody else. Somebody else. All over this auditorium as your head is bowed. If you're a believer in Christ, you know you're saved. You know you've lost some inheritance. You know you've not listened. You've not been obedient. You've went off the wayward side. You're not on a straight and narrow. 
and you'd like for God to forgive you and clean you up and strengthen you and help you to move forward, would you slip your hand up all over this auditorium? That's right, slip your hand up. It's just a signal toward heaven. You're just admitting, hey God, I need your help. Then all over this place, uh, would you walk down this aisle? If you raised your hand and you asked God for something in your life, would you come down here and pray? You don't have to pray with anyone. Bring your family, bring your wife, bring your children. Come down here, bring your husband, bring your mother, whatever. Come down here and kneel down and say, God, do a work in my family's life, God. In Jesus' name, would you come? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 